Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You need to first figure out what you want and need from that relationship. Yeah. I feel like that was the biggest golden nugget of advice. Hey. Here we are, episode number two. In today's episode, we're going to discuss long-distance relationships with friends and significant others, but mainly friends. Mainly friends, mainly long-distance friendship, which I guess is our kind of like specialty. Yeah, we've been doing long-distance now for like six years, I want to say. That seems like a long time. Longer, since 2013. Yeah, I feel like I'm not really counting the college years, though, because, like, you know, we still saw each other, like, here and there compared to now, you know? Yeah, that's true. I guess we would still see each other once a month or so, but especially now, it's sometimes once every few months, like, three or four months, so definitely more. I guess we had a long-distance friendship progression, which was kind of nice for us because we got to, like, expose ourselves a little bit to it, I guess. Yeah, we got a bit more comfortable with it, but we definitely have a lot of tips. I think this episode is going to be very tip focused with both our own experiences. And I guess like what research says about communication and what can make relationships thrive. So I think there's going to be a lot of really good stuff on this. Yeah. We hope you guys get some insightful things about um, having a long distance friendship. I know we're not the only ones in the world that have to deal with that. So I guess grab a cup of coffee and listen on. All right, Ravisha, but before we get started, since, you know, we've named this podcast around coffee for many, many reasons, tell me what coffee you are drinking today. Okay, so I went with just my regular coffee, which is um, my Nespresso coffee that I have. Um, The pod I used was the caramel cookie, one of my faves. And then I did a splash of the brown sugar oat milk it's from trader joe's it's like kind of like uh, mimicking that brown uh the brown sugar shaken espresso latte at starbucks so i just got that recently and i've been doing like a splash of it in my coffee so good how did you find that in stock because i saw that on you know that instagram page like trader joe's finds or whatever i saw that when it first came out and i've gone to trader joe's usually I go once a week and I keep looking and it's, it's never in stock. I don't know how to get my hands on it. No way. It's actually so surprising because I wasn't really looking for it. I just kind of saw it and there were a bunch there. So I don't know, maybe they just restocked when I went because I definitely haven't seen it before. So I highly recommend getting it if you want just like kind of that nice, like brown sugar, like taste in your coffee it's so good and I I put really little like really just a splash and it like is perfect what I am drinking is you know that I drink iced coffee 
no matter how cold it is outside, it can be negative 50 degrees and I will be having an iced coffee. So I have those um, cold brew cans that come from Kirkland. Have you ever tried those? No, I haven't. Okay, they're really good, but they're really strong. I usually prefer having the Trader Joe's. There's like a cold brew maker powder where you can just mix this powder into your water. And I like that because you can decide, you know, the intensity of your coffee, but I'm out of that and no, I need to go to Trader Joe's. So I used a Kirkland can and then I used that and I got this um, MCT oil. I've been trying to use MCT oil because I've heard it's good for like gut health and, you know, yeah. all that. And, you know me with gut health so needed to get that so I put that in it's vanilla so I put that in with the Costco Kirkland and then I have vanilla oat milk so put that yeah. in like vanilla iced coffee can you taste the MCT oil like when you put it in I haven't tasted it I know that there's unflavored ones I've never tried having it with just like a spoon to see if I can taste the vanilla flavor I've always put it in a coffee but yeah, I haven't been able to taste it, but I haven't used it yet unless I'm making a vanilla drink. Like if I'm using vanilla oat milk, then I use that MCT oil. But if I'm not, then, you know, if I'm using a different coffee flavor, then I usually don't put it in. But yeah, you should try it. Yeah. I mean, I've been hearing so much about that MCT oil for so long and it's, you know, I don't, it's like one of those things that you read about, but then you never try so that, but maybe I'll get it now because you seem to be having a good experience with it. Got it at good old Whole Foods. <laughs> Love it. All right. So should we just dive in? Dive in. Let's do it. All right. Um, so I guess like what we really want to start off by saying is um, like we mentioned earlier, we've been kind of doing a long distance friendship for a little while now. So um, we kind of know each other's communication strat, like the way we communicate with one another. And it's definitely evolved over the years. Um, and so that's kind of like the first thing I think we really want to like speak on um, and discuss because obviously we're not 16 years old anymore. Um, when we used to literally text all the time, even though we saw each other at school already and we would not kind of have like meaningless conversations, just like checking in, but you know, that constant thing of having to text someone like that's kind of like the communication we had, like in school, I would say in high school, especially. Um, but it's definitely changed over the years. And like, we don't talk as often, unfortunately, but we definitely try to make it work um, as much as we can. Yeah, I think expectations have been the biggest thing. And we have, have to be so transparent with each other about them, especially because life just gets really busy. And I think the people that we are too now versus when we were first became friends has changed too. So like the way that we connect to one another is really different. So I think that that's going to be something that a lot of people relate to because especially as we get older and we become you know, go into adulthood, I think that most people's relationships end up kind of being long distance, especially those close ones that are built on a foundation from when you were younger, because, you know, we can make really good friends who are when it, in your adult friendships, like making friends as an adult, but to really foster those, I guess, childhood friends. I think most people are in a long distance friendship. And I know that long distance friendships, there's it's not something we talk about or friendships, honestly. Like, I think there's a lot of stigma around friendships. This is something that I found actually really interesting. 
Um, <clears throat> when I was making an Instagram post a few weeks ago, it was on friendship struggles. And when you use the hashtag, like hashtag relationship struggles, there's like almost 500, I think, K hits that come up of people hashtagging relationship struggles. But then when I hashtagged friendship struggles, there was like under 1K. So that means that not a lot of people talk about friendship struggles. So I feel like it's also maybe something that's stigmatized. So I'm glad that we're talking about it. That's so true. I actually was having this conversation with my roommate not too long ago. And we were just talking about how adult friendships in general are so hard to navigate because, you know, you definitely have those friends that you've been friends with for years, but then they also sometimes have like new friendships, you know, that you meet through other people or, you know, work friends, like those kinds of things. And sometimes those are hard to navigate. And like you said, it's like not talked about as much. And sometimes you just need like some advice on like maybe how you should navigate like a work friendship or maybe a new friendship, you know, that's like, you know, it's on a college friendship or even a high school one. So like you're not, you're not sure really like with boundaries or things like that. And so I think you're right. It is something that's not talked about a lot and, you know, friendships are friendships. Um, They're never easy. And just like any other relationship in your life, like there's always like growth that can happen there or there's always like things that you can work on. Yeah. And I think we, as we age, we talk a lot about, and I, I, I imagine we don't need to get super into this in this episode because it's, it can have like many episodes to come, but with relationships, we start we talk about like the beginning, middle, and then sometimes ends of relationships, like romantic relationships. Like, you know, we would talk about, when you start dating someone and you get interested in them and then the honeymoon phase and all these parts of it, but we don't really talk about that with friendships because one thing that, you know, I know that we mentioned in the last episode in our first episode was that not all friendships last like as long, you know, and I I think friendships just like any relationships, they serve us in some seasons of life and they don't serve us as much in others. And that's totally okay. But I think when we do want to carry on friendships into different seasons, it can be really hard unless we have the intentionality. So I, I think that I feel like we were really good about kind of putting together some of these tips that were our like top things that we have done in our friendship that have really had it thrive. So I think like we really did a good job of putting them into this little, I don't know, gift to, to give in this episode. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. And like you said, intentionality is one of the key things to take away from doing French, like figuring out friendships and those kinds of things. Because if you're intentional with how you want to treat this other person in your life and like what you want from them and vice versa, then, you know, that's a success of a relationship, you know? Um, And I think if we were to use our own personal experience, like, you and I were pretty intentional that we wanted to basically be friends forever since high school, you know, like, I think, you know, we, there's different transitional phases in our lives and people come and go in those transitional phases. And unless you're intentional about who you want to keep in those phases and like other phases in life, that's how you're going to, I guess, be in the long run of that relationship yeah and definitely we had to navigate what communication looked like for both of us um 
and I don't know, maybe that's where we can start because I know that was our first thing that we really wanted to highlight to people. It's about communication that we yeah wrote down our notes on what was important for both of us in our friendship. And I know the first one that we really talked about, and we've talked about in our own personal conversations too, is that we've really prided ourselves on our communication. So I think that that's something that is definitely the most important thing. Yeah. Um, so our forms of communication are kind of like very across the board. Um, we text, we call each other, we FaceTime. Um, something we do that's funny every day is we send each other a good morning text. And it's kind of like our way of not only saying good morning to one another, but also just being like saying, kind of saying, how are you? Like, what's your day looking like? And then like, and it's never like, oh, Divya has to say good morning to me first, or I have to say good morning to Divya first. It's like whoever, I guess, wakes up first or like, you know, looks at their phone first. And we kind of like do a quick like rundown of, our, of each other's days. And that's kind of it in terms of our texting, right, for the day. Um, either we'll have time to like check in more often throughout the day or not. And I maybe might not hear from her until the next day. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think that's been something that's been definitely a ritual in our friendship, which just as you were saying that had to click in me in how important in general, creating rituals and routines are so important in our own fostering of our well-being and our relationships. But I've never really put it in the context of a friendship and even us sending each other texts like good morning and asking each other how we're doing. Even if we don't, we let each other how we're we let each other know how we're doing at 8 a.m., and then we have a really busy morning and afternoon and we only touch base at two or three. Like there's still so much power in us creating that ritual together of checking in in the morning. And so it, it just had me think about how it's so important to create those for our own well-being. But I guess it can be really important for even the well-being of a friendship too. Yeah. And it's kind of like a small ritual, right? It's not like oh, I have to call you at 8 a.m. every day to say good morning, but it's more of just like sending a text. And then, you know, sometimes you respond right away, but then sometimes you maybe have a busy morning, so you won't respond till a couple hours later. And I've accepted that, and you've also accepted that. And that's what kind of helps. Also with, you know, again, it's like, I'm not like waiting for her to respond to me right away. But what I know when she will, she'll kind of tell me how her day is going. And I appreciate that because then that makes me feel like I'm still like a part of her day to day. Yeah. And even when I see your text, I, it makes me feel happy because it just, it's just remembering every day that we are, even though we have so many miles, like our mi- miles in between us that we can still make some kind of ritual work. And the obligations have changed too between us because even the amount of time that we take to respond changes. And I think it comes one with our jobs, but two with our own personal lives too. And then also with the own interests that we have. Like Ravisha has gotten really, really OG into Orange Theory, which amazing for her, but that is like this morning ritual for her now. Um, And then for me, I mean, I go to a gym, like a studio in Hoboken sometimes, but you know, I have my morning rituals and routines of waking up, taking out my dog, taking the dog on a walk, like those kind of things that we have in our own life. But we've started to really share our own lives with each other. And I think that's helped us keep a ritual going because I think it could be really easy for us to make an assumption 
because our mornings aren't always free. And sometimes, you know, I leave my phone home while I'm taking Kobe on a walk, or sometimes you've gone to a different orange theory class than what I know for you to typically go to. So you don't respond to me at the time that I may be expecting, but mm-hmm. we're really flexible with each other and, and open to understanding what each other's obligations are. And I think that's important too, to let, to really go into each other's world instead of like making all these assumptions. Yeah. And this is like all to circle back on to say, like, if you're feeling disconnected with a friend because, you know, they're certain miles away, you know, sometimes you can just start off with something small, you know, something like a good morning text. And, you know, if it, if you make it a ritual thing that you send one another that it helps just be part of someone else's day. And, you know, I like hearing about like what Divya has planned for the day, even though, you know, I'm not a part of it. It just helps me know like what she's doing on a day-to-day basis instead of like waiting um, for the end of the week, maybe to hear about how her week went. I'm kind of getting like bits and pieces of it as the week goes on, because then to also go on to the next point, we don't have like weekly phone calls scheduled or weekly FaceTime scheduled either, because both of us honestly never are free at the same time. So, you know, sometimes like I still have to tell her about um, an event that I was at like two weeks ago um, and we haven't even discussed that yet, but we know like when that time comes, that comes, but we're still talking every day about our day-to-day lives and like that's what's really nice and like that's what's also like to keep in mind with these kinds of things that like it sucks you might not be able to catch up on everything right away, but day-to-day is just enough sometimes as well. Yeah. Like, like being flexible is so important. And I think for us, it's really helped with keeping our friendship thrive. Because if we have the mindset, at least with where we're both at in life right now, and the seasons we're both at in life, that we need to update each other immediately when things happen, I imagine we would both be disappointed a lot. And we've been able to be flexible in our expectations and kind of keep what is meaningful to us in this relationship at the forefront? Like what's meaningful to me about our relationship is staying connected to you and being able to have open communication and making sure we don't have any assumptions ever coming in between us. And, you know, do I love to tell you about the like fun events that we're all doing and like me and Ravisha are both very busy now with things like weddings and celebrations for our own families. And we haven't been able to discuss that a lot. And even though that's important for me, the most important for me thing for me is keeping connected to you. And so sometimes that means like putting aside these other things and keeping what makes the relationship meaningful at the forefront. And that's been something that's hard for me to do at times. Um, like I have to even in my own relationships, like in my romantic relationship, be intentional and remember that what is the reason I'm in this relationship? Because otherwise you can get caught up in, you know, they're not doing enough for me or not. And, and, and that's not to say to not have needs or not have expectations in a relationship, but also to just like, remember what are almost like your non-negotiables in the relationship, because we can't always have everything. Yeah. And this is also like, an, like kind of going back to like our expectations for one another. Um, this is something like Divi and I have discussed for years and it's like, Every relationship is 50-50, right? Or, you know, ideally it would be 50-50. What you give to someone else, they give to you the same amount. However, there are times in your life when, like, it's going to be 60-40, 80-20, you know, 30-70. There's so many different various ways that, like, you're giving someone something and they're not giving as much back. But eventually what happens is it evens out. So, for example, um, 
I, Divya had a bachelorette last weekend, the weekend before I was at a wedding. So we're probably each give like, depending on the week, we're giving probably each a 60, 40. But then this week, since we're both back and kind of reconnecting again, we're kind of back at 50, 50, you know, and I have that understanding from her and she has that understanding from me. And that's what helps us not get into, I guess, the disconnect or the, or being frustrated with one another that the other person's busy and like, doesn't have time to like, you know, talk or anything like that, because, you know, it happens. Like we're not going to be able to be 50, 50 all the time. And we've realized that. Yeah. And I think because we've also known that it evens out and that we will, there have been times that, you know, I haven't really been able to show up much in the relationship. I've been, going through my own stuff and Ravisha has really checked in a lot on me. And then there have been times, you know, vice versa. And I think that we've been able to really notice and be intentional also about reciprocity, which I know is one of our next things too, that we want to talk about is how important reciprocity is because, you know, I feel in some relationships, it can be really easy to fall into this pattern of what each other's almost like roles are, right? And maybe one person's role is like talking about what's going on in their life and almost like emotional dumping on the other. And then the other is just being a container. And if that's the dynamic that's happening, let's say like 60, 70, or even 30, 40, for the person who's being the container for the emotional dumping and who isn't getting a lot of you know that other person checking in on them they might be feeling drained and so even looking at reciprocity in your relationships is really important and I try to do that too in my friendships and especially also in relationships and that's something that I actually learned very much in couples therapy when I did couples therapy with my husband is the reciprocity and being aware they're like holding both of our own energy levels and self-compassion that you know, I am going through something right now, and I'm not able to show up in our relationships, but also recognizing that maybe there's not that much reciprocity, but trying to put more effort in that when you're feeling better. And I imagine a lot of people I've been in this too, and maybe some of our listeners might relate, is that they're in relationships where they feel like there isn't reciprocity. So I mean, I guess let's like think about it in that way too. And like, what are things that we would tell to those kind of people who it's they're in a thing that they're thinking, oh, it's normally 70-30 or it's normally 60-40. I'm not getting as much as I hope. Yeah, unfortunately, like what I have to say to that is that maybe that relationship is not serving you anymore and is maybe serving the other person more. And you would have to take a step back and kind of evaluate if, you know, this is something that can become 50-50 if you guys like maybe work on your communication and figure what you need and what they need and, you know, figure out your wants and needs. Or unfortunately, it's maybe something you decide that you need to kind of maybe set a boundary in a friendship and realize that, you know what, like, I'm not benefiting as much as I would like to from this relationship and draw a boundary with that friend or that person um, to help yourself. Because at the end of the day, if you are not happy with yourself or happy with how you're feeling, then like the, that you're not, it's not serving others either. Totally. Cause it's kind of like you're having unrealistic expectations in the relationship either, but it can be really painful to see when people aren't meeting your expectations, but it can also be even more painful to stay long-term. Yeah. And to be honest, like, I think 
you and I figured out the reciprocity thing um, pretty early on because the way we communicate is different. Like I will hold things in until I basically explode. And for Divya is like, as things are happening is when she's like venting. And we've learned over the years how to kind of navigate each other's communication styles. And our communication styles also have differed or like evolved over time as well. But we kind of tell each other like, hey, you know what, I need to like vent about this for five minutes. And then like, let's move on or like, let's talk about it, you know, like, and, you know, it's a safe space between us. So we know that we can do that with one another. Yeah. And I think that even with us being aware of each other's communication styles and how it shows up and being in tune with noticing, like even deeper than just communication over text message, but even the small cues, which with time and relationships, I think you can be more aware of, but that also comes with intentionality, right? Like if I, if I, I can see that Ravish is having a lot of stuff going on, I can make or I can be curious. I don't want to say make an assumption, but I can be curious about like, how are you doing? Are you feeling burnt out? Like asking those kind of questions to each other, because a lot of the time we make assumptions and I'm really grateful that in this space we've stepped out and we've made a, we made a priority to not make those assumptions. I think it's honestly easier to make assumptions in relationships because it involves not needing to put yourself out there and not being wrong when we make our own assumptions or are like, Oh, they're not texting me back because they're mad at me or, or whatever it is. I think that we were definitely making assumptions when we were younger, but I think that also comes with, you know, not having as much emotional and maturity when we're younger, but the older yeah. we've gotten the more self-reflection we've done, the more like, you know, just thinking about our own habits, being in therapy, all that kind of stuff. We've been able to understand more about each other in those ways and adapt. Yeah, of course. And the assuming game is a it's it's a tough one to get out of I will say like because you know you can always assume like like if someone doesn't like answer you and it's been two hours like you know you're kind of like making up a story in your head right like oh they're not texting me back because of this this and that and then maybe when they do text you back they're just like oh um I didn't have my phone on me and you know you've kind of like riled yourself up to be like feeling all these things and getting yourself like kind of agitated when in reality that wasn't the situation at all. So yeah, like the assuming game only really hurts you, doesn't benefit you. And it's good to just really talk about what, again, like this is what comes from like what your wants and needs are. You have to know that first so you can let the other person know. Exactly. Because when, unless you really dive into your own self and what you want to need in relationships, you really don't know how to ask other people to do that either. But I think also what's been helpful for me in this phase is that I feel like it's really a safe space. Like you're listening to me. And I think that it's okay to also in your friendships, like almost like dip your toe in the water and see how someone responds to your needs. And maybe they're going to be dismissive of it. But to use that as information of, you know, maybe they're not in a stage right now that we can align on our friendship needs and maybe they're for a different season of life or whatever it may be, because not everyone is going to 
tune into that. So, you know, it's about seeing the people who do and, and who align with what you need in relationships and you can meet the needs of them and then working together on that, which we've been grateful that we've been on that kind of journey together with like really choosing one another and, and, and loving our friendship too. Um, sometimes you have to use those I statements really to figure out like your wants and needs and like honestly I'm saying this as someone that's been in therapy and I had to literally practice using I statements because I did not know how to for the longest time and I'm not even saying now I do like I'm still figuring that out but I realized like that's what helps you know what you want from yourself and from others like by actually saying, I need this, I want this. And then that can help you communicate to someone else how to help you out or like how to help your needs and stuff. Absolutely. And as you say that with I need statements, that's been something that you know, I've worked in both areas in the way as, as a client in therapy, needing that consistent reminder of I need statements. And then also teaching I need statements to people is that I feel like that's not something we experience too much growing up. Like I need in a collectivistic culture, like how we grew up in a South Asian culture, we don't state our needs. That's just not normalized. And so something like I need X, Y, Z is not, we don't think about that as much. It's usually what do you need and let me do X, Y, Z for you. And this idea of self-sacrifice. So I mean, for, I guess we can both share our experiences. I'm curious with yours of you saying that, oh, I'm continuing to practice this. Like, what has been your experience of saying these I need statements when it is also going against so many of these narratives that you've had growing up? Honestly, I will say it's been pretty difficult because, first of all, I didn't even know that I needed to start using these I statements until pretty recently. But I'm also acknowledging the fact that it's something that's going to take time to build up. So that's what I'm giving myself some grace with that. But um, I will say, like, we're actually maybe writing it down or saying it out loud. I need blank is helping me realize what is going to serve me because, um, you know, Divya, like I will like drop anything for anyone at any time. And like, that's just who I am. And like. I'm still going to continue to do that, those kinds of things, but I also need to start putting myself first to help me as well. And so it's kind of been, I will say, a struggle to work on the I statements, but that's why I wanted to talk about it now and like, and with this topic, because if you're trying to fix a relationship or see what's going wrong in a relationship, you need to first figure out what you want and need from that relationship. Yeah. I feel like that was the biggest golden nugget of advice that you could have given anyone because that is so true. And we don't realize that because we're usually looking for the wrong thing. We're trying to point our fingers at other people of just being like, I'm unhappy. I'm not getting what I want from the relationship. But what you just said in that piece of insight that you gave and shared I think that if people implemented that more than that is really what can catalyze their relationships into things that feel fulfilling yeah and I'm not like as much as you make me happy Divya but you're not gonna like make me happy like only I can make myself happy or like like even a significant other can't make you happy only you yourself can make you happy and once you start figuring out those things that's gonna help you and like 
friendships and relationships because it's kind of unfair to put the expectation of someone else to make you happy. Yeah. Then to be honest, like you're just going to lose in that game. Yeah. I love that quote that, um, I don't know if you've heard of this quote that expectations are premeditated resentments. Yeah. Because it's like when you have these expectations and I think it's valid 100% to have expectations. Like we all have expectations mm-hmm. being human, but it's keeping our expectations in check of, is this what another person can offer? And that's another thing that we talk about a lot in our own friendship about our expectations for one another and how I think in friendships to really make it work is that expectations are constantly changing depending on what's going on in each other's lives. Like what, like that is something that we don't talk about enough that those expectations of what we need will change, but also the expectations of what other people can give is changing too. Yeah. Because, you know, we can't control life and we can't control, you know, the different things that are happening to us. So sometimes you have to take a step back and like, look, you know, put yourself in someone else's shoes or like look at at things from a different perspective and try to understand how you can be there for someone. And like, for example, like you got married last year and like you were planning a wedding during COVID, didn't know if you were even going to get married that year and all this stuff. And I took almost a step back and I was like, all right, how can I be there for you in a way that is helping you out because you're going through like a pretty difficult time right now. And I will hope to, you know, you can attest to that, but I was, I was able to really like be there for you in any capacity, whether it was, you needed to call me right now because like some catastrophe was happening or you needed to vent about like something that happened with vendors or anything like that. Like I made myself so available to you at any time, which I know that I needed to do for you at the time versus now, unfortunately, like I can't always make myself available to you right away because like some other things are going on. Yeah. And I think that also just being so flexible with each other, because that's something you did do so just all the time. Like seriously, she was one call away. It was the most, it was like my saving grace at those times. It also normalized, you know, like, yes, put your needs first, right? I love that Ravisha did that, but I hope that she was also, you know, putting her needs first in ways, which is what she's still working on too. But it comes to be like, this is constantly changing depending on what's going on in each other's lives. But also back to things like reciprocity too, is that, you know, Ravisha was there coming like probably 80, to be honest, when I could only come 20, but when she's going to go through something or when she has, like, I will give that back. And it doesn't, I, at least on my end, I've never had any hard feelings about that of giving you, you know, more than 50% because I know you do that back. And I don't give you 50 more than 50% because I know you'll do it back, like keeping tally on each other or anything like that. But I think that when you have a healthy relationship, you can almost look at your past experiences and have comfort that it's going to probably happen in the future. Like, if you're in a relationship that has some more like talk, I kind of hate that word toxic, but like toxic characteristics, like no one is a toxic person, but we all behave in toxic ways. Yeah. But if that's happening constantly, then the way you're going to look at that relationship is probably through this lens of, you know, I don't feel good about the behaviors that happen, but in our relationship, I can depend on knowing that, you know, I have this solid foundation of that it's been healthy, that, even in these moments where maybe we're not being able to give it in a way that's more 
50 50 then I know it'll even out to that I have that trust yeah that trust is definitely there like like you said we're not keeping tally of who needs each other more it just happens naturally and that's kind of I want to reiterate that like yeah we're talking about 50 50 kind of just to put in perspective but yeah we're not like I'm not remembering when I was giving 70 and Divya was giving me 30, you know, like that's, that's just not happening. But what we're trying to say, it's like, it's always evolving and it's always changing and it's not always going to be 50, 50. And that's what we're trying to just um, really let you guys know that. Yeah. Because even as we have jobs and other, other relationships to attend to we haven't been able to get as much as we have in the past from each other but it doesn't mean that I find it any less meaningful but that the expectation of each other that we've been realistic is that we have other things going on and even though the way we're maybe behaving in our relationships are different than how we used to in the past you know how we can what we can give to each other is different we still have that expectation of knowing that we're keeping it realistic with one another what each other can give and I think when we talk about um, healthy and realistic expectations. For me, the biggest thing kind of comes back still to what we, our first topic that I think when we talked about this podcast, it kept coming back to was, and that's communication and like letting each other know that, Hey, I would really need you to be here for me with this. Is that something you're able to do and checking in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like, you know, sometimes it's really, I know it's really hard to kind of sit there and ask someone to be there for you. But sometimes you do have to explicitly say that when you are needing to talk to someone or really confined in someone like that. I will say like that was probably like the hardest, hardest thing for me, because like I will say like sometimes like I just needed Divya to get it. But how would she know, you know, if I didn't tell her again, it's like the assuming game. Like I'm assuming that she knows I'm upset and like I need to talk about it, but she doesn't know. And that's why you have to like explicitly say, Hey, I really need to talk to you. Or like, can you be there for me? Um, you know, I'm going through a hard time. Like that's what you, you have to use your words with that. Exactly. To say what you need to have your needs met. Because when you get in this assuming game and I've been really actively trying to step out of the assuming game, not only for, like me assuming things of other people but well yeah exactly that I don't know what else I was going to say is that when I do make assumptions oh maybe this happened or whatever I'm trying to stop assuming and let people bring it to me because I often also feel like when I'm when you make an assumption and kind of put that assumption on the other person sometimes it also shapes the way that they express their reality you know what I mean like if I'm putting that on you of oh, this is probably how you're feeling, then you might not actually be being as real with me if I didn't say anything at all and just ask what's going on. Oh, yeah. I think I would be so bothered if you assumed to know how I was feeling because, you know, that's just going to, like, make me feel uncomfortable almost, too. So, yeah. And you don't want to tell someone, right? Like, we're in a that I can tell you, like, eh, I don't know if that's really how I'm feeling, but... You know, not everyone is in those kind of places. And I, I sure know that in some relationships I'm in, I don't feel comfortable saying that, you know, like being like, oh, no, you actually totally got it wrong. Um, but here I am. So I'm grateful for that. But maybe also keeping in mind that not everyone 
experiences that and we have been pissed at each other at times of like oh why did you assume this or why did you know but we talk about it so again I don't want to like make it seem like oh we have it all put together we've had like a lot of communication and issues of like back and forth of sometimes being upset at each other and then holding that up being upset that anger and then using it in a productive way to be able to move forward and another thing that I know we wanted to touch on on this episode and kind of just be like, look, this stuff is hard is jealousy and FOMO. That's something that we've totally experienced being long distance friends is being so upset when we can't beat each other's stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it's one of those things that like, again, I feel like maybe it's like rarely mentioned, but like, I definitely have FOMO when you have like these fun things happening in New York and Obviously, I wish I could be there, but with logistics, I can't. And, you know, it's 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 mainly like I would like to say the birthday thing is like one of the biggest things. Um, we're born two days apart. So um, we're all, like we're probably we're always celebrating our birthdays, either like the same weekend or the weekend after. And it's just been one of those things where we haven't been able to celebrate together in the longest time. And because in high school, mainly, we, like, always celebrated together. It's, like, really hard for us. Like, obviously, we're happy when one of us is, like, doing things and having a celebration. But we're also, like, oh, wish I could be there and also celebrate with you. Yeah. And being sad about it. Like, I used to remember feel guilty that I would feel FOMO. Like, oh, I don't know why I'm feeling FOMO. I should just feel happy. But mm-hmm. I'm trying to realize that, you know, it is sad. It does suck that we can't be there always with each other's stuff that we have over, you know, a thousand miles in between us. And so we can't and, be And it does suck. Yeah. And we used to tiptoe around that fact. I feel like for a, lo- a little while, like not really express that we were sad that we couldn't be there for one another. But I think more recently we've been sh- pretty straight up and like I've, you and I both say like, I'm sad I can't be there, but I hope it's so much fun. Like expressing that sadness, but also expressing like the happiness for your friend for like celebrating something. Yeah. And I, and and I'm really trying to not be upset at myself for feeling emotion. And that's the biggest thing in the way of like, emotion is inevitable. Like we all feel emotion. So it's more, what do we do in response to our emotion? Not, not beating ourselves up for having an emotion, but are we responding to the emotion in a way that we, that aligns with our values? And I used to be upset because like, sometimes I, I do get jealous that, you know, Ruby, is having so much fun with her other friends and they can attend her stuff in Chicago. And I'm like, Oh, that sucks. I wish I could do that. You know, jealous of other friends. And, you know, in that, in that way, there are two things that you can do in response to jealousy. And one is either be passive aggressive or, lash out or whatever it is and the others to just validate it and now I've started to validate that a little bit more and be like that's okay to feel that way because I mean jealousy just tells you that it it tells you exactly what your needs are kind of when we're jealous about something it's because we're craving some kind of need that's not being met and it totally makes sense in that situation that when she is you know at a celebration or doing something fun and she's with her other friends my need and my desires, I wish I was there too. So that jealousy is a natural response to come up. So I've been trying to be nicer to myself about feeling that because I used to feel it a lot and be like, oh, I suck. Why am I feeling jealous? I should feel happy. But it's normal. And I'm glad you shared that because you like, you know, it's really hard to admit when you're jealous because um, I think, you know, like, like it's seen as like a nasty quality to have. And 
you know, it can be, but it also, if you look at it the way that you're looking at it, it's like something you kind of need to accept that that's how you're feeling. I think then it helps to talk about it later on. Like, like you said, like you sometimes feel like jealous. You can't like be at like things that I'm doing with my friends here. Like, of course I feel the same, you know, like it's almost like I've like I get like I struggled with that as well like I was like oh I shouldn't feel jealous like you know Divya needs to do her own thing and like hang out with her own friends there and for a while like I did kind of push it away like to the side but yeah I think because from us talking and kind of discussing that together like we've I'm also like kind of just accepting the fact that you know what I'm gonna sit with this emotion but then also come to terms with that I do want my friend to be happy, obviously, and do things that she wants. And there'll be a time when we will get to do things together and it'll all be okay. Exactly. It can feel so hard in the moment though. And we push jealousy, like exactly what you said, that jealousy is seen as a bad emotion. So we just push it aside, but, and it's okay to experience it because we can't control how we feel. But it's one thing if I'm feeling jealous, right? And my response to that is, like ignoring you or not asking you how you're doing, like retaliating in some kind of way to try to show you that I'm jealous instead of just allowing that emotion to be. So there, I I think we put a lot of time, the emphasis on blaming the emotion when it's really what you do in response because jealousy is normal and it happens in friendships, especially long distance ones, because you're not going to be able to be there as much for your friend as maybe some of their other friends who are closer in proximity, because that usually is what it comes down to. Yeah. And you're right. Like the way that you react to it is what's important. Like if you're jealous because, you know, your friend is doing something super cool and fun and you wish you were there, don't, I would not recommend like acting passive aggressive towards them or ignoring them and not responding to them because that's not healthy communication. I, instead I do recommend saying that you're like not jealous explicitly, but maybe just saying, I wish I was there. It looks like you're having a lot of fun. Can't wait to hear all about it. That's a way more healthier way of telling your friend that one, you miss them and you do, you wish you could be there. And then also caring that they're doing something that's like fun for themselves. Exactly. And I think with that, it also goes back to putting what you really value, like what's meaningful about the relationship at the forefront, because that's what really keeps me in check when thinking about our friendship is that what's meaningful to me is is being connected to you in whatever capacity that can look like and doing that like that behavior being passive aggressive isn't going to connect me to you but you know doing exactly what you said of 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 practicing healthy communication and and being open like that that is prioritizing that connection component so i think just like really being in line with yourself too on what are you, what are you doing? And like, are you really behaving in ways that are expressing what is meaningful to you in the connection and trying to foster that? Because I think a lot of the time we actually aren't doing that mm-hmm. without even realizing. Yeah. Like it's, I feel like we threw a lot of information out to you guys right now, but I guess like, I want to just like really highlight communication is your number one thing to help you. If you're struggling with a friendship, and, you know, you're realizing that you're not having healthy communication habits with that person 
and start, you know, a good way to start is just to check in with them, see how are they doing and like, then evaluate what this friendship is bringing to you. Yeah, exactly. I'm being honest with yourself about it. Because, you know, sometimes I feel like we're and this again could be totally another episode. So it can be just like a thing we, we drop and gain curiosity. But like, I think a lot of the time we're not honest with ourselves and in our friendships because we're really scared about what being honest means because it goes back to the fact that maybe our expectations aren't realistic. Like, look, if I'm honest in a way, maybe being honest with myself is going to come to this realization that I'm expecting something that this person cannot give me. And looking at that reality is too painful. But again, like, right, like it's a short term pain of this, of accepting something versus potentially this long term pain and resentment, like what we were saying that unrealistic expectations or premeditated resentment. So I really like the point that you make about just being real with yourself on that, like checking in with yourself and what you did and how you had said that the biggest way that you'd improved your communication was by checking in with what you needed from people. It wasn't even expecting or doing something with another person. It was checking in with yourself. Yeah. Use those I statements. They'll get you far. Yeah. I statements all the way. (laughs) (laughs) and like again just to emphasize like friendship is balance and the balance shifts here and there but as long as you know that you can get back to the equilibrium of things like that's how you know like you guys will be fine like there's there's seasons of times when like maybe you feel a little disconnected from your friend or like you feel like you're not as close don't worry it always it always comes back and it's not you know as long as you guys have your communication aligned and it's like working, don't worry. It's all going to be okay. All come together. Right. What were our main themes from this episode was communication, right? Reciprocity. Yes. Intentionality. And expectations. So those, those four, keep them in mind. (laughs) Yeah. Keep them in mind. And maybe after you listen to this, you can maybe, think of those four things and like your friendships and like what that's doing for you. Exactly. I think that that is a really good place for us to even, I mean, I know we went through basically all of our notes, but also to let that all marinate because that really is you all are main things that for us, we have been practicing and it's not even a thing that I want to say, like got us to our end destination of where we are. But I think it's like about this continuous being and being on this journey mm-hmm. and you know, needing to practice it instead of being like, oh, I'm going to do these four things and get to this destination, go from X to Y, but being like, this is going to be this never ending journey of continually checking in with my own needs and a friendship's needs. So I hope that that's something that you all find to be useful as you continue to navigate friendships, especially the ones that are long distance and um, yeah, be able to take away some of the stuff that we went through just now. Yeah. And feel free to reach out to us if you want any specific advice on a friendship or you're struggling with some relationships and want some extra help. Um, that's what we're here for. Um, another episode. Like I think that it was really what we wanted from people in this space, right. Is to send us DMS, let us know what you want to hear. And we're definitely going to implement that. Into yeah. If there was something like you want, you like took, took away from this episode and you want to hear more on like we would love to make another episode on that as well because you know we could talk forever <laughs> I know it's so hard we have to like tell ourselves that okay let's stay in a certain time limit because honestly we could talk for probably like 
about this one topic. We could probably talk for, I'm literally not joking, 12 hours. I don't yeah. think anyone wants to go that long. I don't even know if we can upload an episode that long. But <laughs> we bring the snippets of what we can. Yeah, we hope this was useful for you as you navigate your friendships that are long distance and, or even, you know, this could help you with actual non-long distance relationships as well. All right. We will talk to you all next week. Thanks for chilling with us. Be sure to check out our Instagram pages at Conversations Brewing, at Mind Manners with Div, and at Raise with Ravisha on Instagram. See you next week. See ya.